Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Other horns don't. Everything that we do every day, we want to be a champion. Get your mind right and let's go. Do the little things. Win every day. It's a surplus they play so far. Everything with an attitude. Got a balance. I don't give a shit who we're playing. This is a mauling, folks, a mauling. Fear the tide, honey badger. Hello and welcome to the Alabama Football Podcast, powered by Bama Hammer. Tom, we're back. Our last defensive show, we're talking about the defensive backs. What do you see? Man, I am the, the biggest surprise for me coming out of camp is um, is the reemergence of Nick Perry. I mean, all the talk out there is that Nick Perry is running, you know, one, well, two things. Number one, that Nick Perry is running alongside Landon Collins. And two, that Cyrus Jones and Sylvie, you know, aren't willing to uh, give up the reins to these stud freshmen. I, I, you know, we, we came out of A-Day talking about who we projected to be out there and of the of, of who I think we're going to see next Saturday of those four guys, I only called one of them. I'm surprised with the other three. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, Landon Collins is about the only one that uh, you absolutely can't uh, take off the field relative to what we projected. You know, in the guide, I said it would be uh, Eddie Jackson and Tony Brown. Uh, you know, I think Eddie's coming along, probably still in a little bit of a pitch count. Uh, I think we're trying to be uh, careful with with his recovery. I think, uh, you know, Tony Brown – you know, he's a freshman, right? And so he's picking it up, and uh, he's he's getting better every day. But uh, I think, you know, Sylvie and uh, and Cyrus, I think they have. Um, I don't want to say they came from nowhere because they actually both uh, started some last year. Uh, they both spent some time with injury, and you know, probably neither. Uh, and and so you know, hindsight being twenty twenty, maybe. Uh, you can attribute maybe some of their performance to uh, to injury, but uh, you know neither of them, I think, acquitted themselves as you know future starters, if you will, uh, last season. But they seem to be uh, they seem to be making that mark this uh, this fall in camp, huh? 
They do, and and like we talked about on the linebacker show when when we talked about the the depth, right? And and you were talking about the depth, you know, on on all sides of you know on all levels, all three levels of the defense. I don't think we have the depth here that I'm still comfortable with. It obviously helps to have the number one and number two defensive backs in the country and in, in Tony Brown and, and Humphrey. Um, what you said in the linebacker show is what I think will happen at this position as the season progresses. Mm-hmm. I mean, our Cyrus Jones and, and Sylvie, they have eight starts combined as an Alabama starting cornerback. If you take Eddie Jackson's four, they've got 12 <clears throat> between the three of them. Okay. So the average starts from all three of those guys is four games under their belt. Yep. And so I really think, especially with Tony Brown, yeah, we missed it with the first game. But I think game three or four, Tony Brown will work himself into the starting in starting job. Marlon Humphrey, because he's because he didn't get here as quick, it might take him a little longer. But I really feel like by the time the season's over, our starting two cornerbacks are going to be the two freshmen. Yeah, you know what? And I was thinking about this today. I was like, man, you know, I, 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 I may have whiffed on uh, a lot of my projected starters. And I thought, you know, I don't know if I buy that. You know, there's starters that we're going to roll out there the first game because it's marked on the calendar and we have to, you know, we have to go play it. But I think there's going to be a lot of evolution of our depth chart throughout the season. And even in games, I think we're going to rotate a lot of guys. And, you know, to kind of borrow, you know, I'm gonna, I'll am i go Forrest Gump on you, right? I think a starter is what a starter does. And so I think that we may rotate guys, but and, and one guy may go out there first. But if it did, at the end of the game, you know, who played the most staff, snaps? Who was in the game at the most critical, you know, third down conversions, third and long, you know, trying to prevent a score, you know, at halftime, uh, you know, kind of situation. Who was in the game playing those uh, snaps? And then, and then, you know, fast forward that to a game or two later, who actually really is the starter at that point? Uh, we may, you know, and this will sound cocky Alabama fan, we may just say, you know what? We're going to experiment with with rotating some different folks in. We may not really know who our season starters are going to be until Florida comes to town, and we may actually see that with uh, you know several positions. But you know, certainly, I think the DBs and and I think you know Eddie as he comes along, I think he has an opportunity to start games this year. I think Tony Brown absolutely has the opportunity to start games, certainly to contribute this year. You know, Marlin's going to be a little bit behind him because he didn't come through spring, but uh, I want to be careful that I don't maybe make the same mistake twice and short sell Cyrus and Sylvie. They are two two of, and you think that, you know, Tony and Marlon, you know, kind of are track stars, but Cyrus and Sylvie are two of the fastest guys we have on the, on the roster. And we've seen them do good things. And uh, if they've come in and sort of picked up, not from, you know, ground zero as you would with a freshman, but they've come in both converted wide receivers. Last year was their first year uh, at uh, at corner. If they've both kind of flipped the switch and uh, you know progressed, 
they could be legitimate starters. We just don't know that yet. But, uh, you know, I don't want to sell them maybe short like I did early. And if we want to talk about depth at the position, you know, Mo Smith, uh, actually, uh, Maurice Smith actually started a game last year, got some pretty good run. Uh, Anthony Averett uh, redshirted last year, uh, as did uh, Jonathan Cook. You know, Jabril Washington uh, Jr., he's probably, you know, I probably get down to him before I say, we know what we've got, and he's only a depth guy. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on Sylvie and, and Jones. I'm, I'm not trying to sell them short. I'm just saying you got two guys who are two-year lettermen with eight starts combined between them. Mm-hmm. And so I guess to me it is still open competition. I think that if the season started a month from now, things would look different. Yeah. But, you know, the calendar says August 30th, we got to go. And so I just think we could see open competition for the first several weeks, like you said, and I think that's going to drive Saban crazy because Saban wants to have three cornerbacks on the field, two on the outside, one to cover the slot, to lock down the slot, and he wants three guys that he can have on the field with his two safeties so he can run his base. And so I think right now in the back of his mind, he's saying, freshman, Go get it if you can get it. We got a couple weeks to get down to three. But I don't think we're going to see the musical chairs throughout the season that we did last year. Because no, I don't think I he d- wants that. And I don't I don't I don't think we're going to see a repeat of that. No, and most of that, most of that was injury driven. You know, Dion Blue was was banged up most of the year. You know, Cyrus and Sylvie were banged up. You know, Eddie kind of had his, <clears throat> you know, his situation. But uh I, I think most of the musical chairs, you know, we started six pairs. At uh, a corner, that is just ridiculous. You know, that's you know, that's you know, rarely are we seeing the same combo. You know, more, you know, more than once in a game, and I think that that is primarily a function of injury. And so, if we're able to stay healthy, then yeah, I think we want to settle in on what our rotation is, and you know, certainly that that means who's our top two, who is the you know the third guy. Call him the you know call him the star. Uh, I don't take Gino out of that picture, even though we're now calling him a safety. Uh, he's still a corner type, and um, if he if he's the star, then you know, you know that kind of I that, I think that still kind of gives us the three corner uh, uh, nickel that that we like. Uh, but I think that you know having numbers and having depth are two different things. I think. I think we have numbers at the cornerback position. You know, Cyrus, Silvery, Sylvie, Tony, Marlon, Mo. You know, you can get into Anthony and Jonathan and Jabril. Those are a lot of names. That's a lot of numbers. I don't know yet that we have functional football depth, but I think that we can cobble together a pretty good, you know, corner package uh, or tandem uh, from that group of names. No, I think we can, and I, I think that. I, I just, I just, I just want to, I just want to state again that I think that, you know, the guys that are doing all the recruiting and putting out all the, you know, who's the five stars, the four stars, the three stars, et cetera, they don't get the top guys wrong very often, right? And so when Julio Jones and AJ Green came out of high school, Julio was the number one wide receiver in the mm-hmm. nation, and AJ was number two. Well, guess what? You can argue they're two of the top five in the pros right now. Sure. Okay. So my point is is when it comes to Brown and Humphrey, you know, when you're listed as the number one and number two in the country, 
you normally don't miss those very badly. And so if I'm those guys and I'm coming in and there was a two-year starter in front of me, that's one thing. I'm yep. coming in front of two guys that are converted wide receivers that have got eight starts between them. Yep. I like that look a little better. Take yep. nothing away from Jones and Sylvie, guys. I appreciate what they're doing. Sure, sure, And I sure. want them to battle their ass off to hold them off because that'll make them all better. Yep. I just think that, like you said with linebacker, who starts the season might be different than who ends the season. Yeah, I think naming the starters, and, and Saban is so loath to do that, right? It's, uh, you know, he would name us, he would not name starters for the actual game if he didn't have to, right? But you have someone has to go out there first. I think that's how Saban looks at it. It's not necessarily a starter, it's just someone has to go out there first. And so, you know, sort of the media brands the, them the starters. So, however, you want to name it or call it or label it, let's just say that when the two guys are identified that are going to be the two cornerbacks to start the first snap or the first game. That absolutely does not mean that that it's no longer open season on on those positions. It is open season on those positions. You know, the big dogs are going to hunt, and if you can beat them out next week, then you can have the job next week. Or if you can beat them out coming out of the bye, you can have the job going into the Florida game. I think that at several positions and corner, I would put there the two uh, the two guard positions I would put there, you know, coming out of the bye, going into the, you know, uh, you know, around the Florida game, we may see a different uh, starting unit. And I, and I think what the buys after the Florida game. Right. And so right. maybe going into the Florida game uh, and, and certainly the bye, and then going into that fifth game, we may see a different starting lineup. Uh, it may be like a different it may be like a second opening kickoff. Uh, season kickoff there because um, I think we're going to see some some shifting and, and cornerback is certainly a position I would kind of put at the top of that list let's flip uh, uh, you know kind of flip DB uh, positions and talk about safeties you know we talk about a lot of these positions maybe we don't know who's going to net out the long term but we know that we have numbers I actually think if we want to talk about safeties uh, and, and in particular strong safety uh, I think safety may be our thinnest position on the entire roster. What say you? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, we've got guys coming in off of, you know, off of injuries. Um, as I said at the beginning, I'm, I'm really surprised that, that Nick Perry has come in, you know, granted he brings a lot of leadership to that position. Um, but he has really bounced back after that injury. And, um, he seems like he's holding on pretty tight, uh, with Landon you know, to that, to that other position, you know, when, when it comes to, when it comes to Gino, you know, we'll, we'll put him in the safety conversation, but I think he's the perfect star, right? I mean, mm -hmm. you've said that forever. He's that hybrid corner speed who can, you know, be physical like a safety. And so I think Gino, if we're looking at our base nickel, I think Gino's the, the third discussion, right? And he's, he's in, he's over there by himself with, you know, he's over there by himself with Jarek Williams backing him up. Yep. And so Gino, I hope, can can fill that star role. And so then when you look over here, you got Landon Collins, you got Nick Perry, and you have Jarek Williams. Now, I think because of the lack of depth at that position, I think Hootie Jones doesn't get redshirted. I, I think I think Hootie Jones is gonna see the field and and get some meaningful snaps and and uh I think we're gonna, you know, he 
he's going to see some, he's going to get some playing time at the strong safety position. Yeah. And you, and you know what? I, I think that, uh, I, I agree, but then I, for a little bit, I disagree. I wonder if Hootie isn't more of a supersized, uh, free safety rather than a strong, uh, I just read, you know, some, some articles and, you know, take them for what you're worth. Uh, but I've read some talking about maybe his, his wanting to be more of a free safety and his, uh, you know, maybe not being so eager to put his head, uh, in there to, uh, uh, you know, bring down a, a running back. I think Ronnie Clark is I, now, I think Hootie plays and I think by, you know, mid to late season, uh, sort of the same concept, right? Positions and roles and playing times up for grabs uh, beyond just opening day. So I think when we get to sort of mid late season, uh, Hootie is uh, is, is a, a mainstay in the rotation. I think Ronnie Clark is a dark horse to watch out for. Uh, he was uh, a, a highly regarded recruit, and uh, I think that he comes in and uh, is maybe the number two strong safety. And I think we see him maybe hunt heads on special teams and uh, really start to sneak in and get some playing time at a true, what I would consider a true uh, strong safety position. Okay. Well, I will tell you last year with, with Gino being down, right. And, and, and we literally had, you know, uh, you know, Nick Perry was down and Jarek Williams was having to play the slot and, you recall games when he was, you know, given cushion on the slot and, you know, there, there were some, there were some, you know, things were exposed right in the, in that part of the field. And so I really think that, that, that Jarek, I really think Landon Collins, okay. Uh, to your point at strong safety, um, I really would like to see Landon Collins moved over to, to strong and, uh, and moved out of the free position. I think I'd like to see him gravitate to, you know, closer into the line of scrimmage and let Nick Perry and Jarek Williams, you know, take care of that strong safety position. <clears throat> you know, I, I agree. You know, the thing about the thing about moving, you know, landing away from the the free safety. And this was just something that, you know, we understood what was going on. It was just amazing sometimes. But, you know, we play that, you know, that that's, you know, sometimes a double, maybe, you know, sometimes two safeties high. Uh, we've gotten into a lot more of just a single high safety, and so the, you know, the free safety, and and he's sort of at the back of the defense, you know, sort of calling out alignments and making sure that that people are aligned up, and so, you know, probably the the DB that we have that that could play any position athletically, and certainly just a knowledge of of the positions, you know, I'd put Landon Collins at the top of that list, but last year it was it was almost funny sometimes to see Vinny Sinceri back there as the free safety. So I don't know that, you know, we start talking about some of these other guys, could they play free safety? You know, much in the same way we're talking about the middle linebacker that, exactly. that can not only execute the play but can call them, you know, free safety is kind of in that same boat. They're both sort of in tandem, the mastermind of, of uh, setting up the defense. And so I think Landon is the free. I do. I think he is the free safety for that reason. For that reason, uh, I don't think Nick uh, Nick Perry is a strong safety. I just don't. That's not just not his body type. And so you start thinking about well, what role then does does he play? You know, he in in years past he has lost uh, his role uh, as a free safety, and, and at one point he was the the safety when we go to a dime six DBs. 
Uh, he was sort of the kind of, you know, if the starter, if you will, when we bring in six DBs. And then he lost that role, uh, you know, last year. And it'll be interesting to see what position he starts at and how long he's able to hold it. Because I honestly do think, and I'm not mad at the guy. I, I like him. I'm glad he's coming back. I'm glad he's battling through, you know, injuries. I just don't know that the position that he wins in camp because he can quote, you know, the uh, the playbook and do it in a uh, in a sort of safe practice environment. I don't know if he retains his position most of the season. I just don't. Uh, and so you look for someone like a Hootie. Uh, you look for someone like a Gino. I don't know, maybe a Jarek, but I think I think we start to have to move people around. I think that opens up a hole, maybe a strong safety that that gives Ronnie Clark an opportunity. But uh, I think we really start to see Gino uh, kind of uh, emerge. And if we're going, you know, bold prediction, you know, and this is something that uh, you know that we talked about, or you know, we put in the guide. I think Gino, if he is the starting star, you know, for the season. He's an All-America candidate by the end of the season. I think he's that good, and he brings that much to that position. Okay. Well, I definitely think the 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 safety position is the is the biggest weakness, just because we've got numbers at cornerback, and so many of the, these cornerbacks, you know, just would not be suited to be to be brought over to the safety position. But to your to your point about Landon Collins earlier. You know, you remember last year when Nick Perry did go down, right? Mm-hmm. That Landon Collins was quickly learning three positions, and so it that that is probably why he's at free safety. I just um, I really would like to see him at the strong. I, I'd like to see him up close and personal with the action. I think he's less comfortable in center field. I, I think he's better suited to be, you know, at the line of scrimmage. Well, it's like Vinny though. It's like Vinny. He was. You know, even, you know, everything you just said there about Landon is, you know, multiplied by, you know, for for Vinny. You know, we talked about and you and I have kind of wrestled about, well, what do we think about, you know, him and and his and we both kind of landed on and he's very good in the box. He's very good in the box. Get him outside of the box, you know, kind of play at your own risk there. And and so what do we do? We put him at free safety. And it's a function not of his ability really to to operate as a free safety, but it's his uh, ability to to structure and align uh, align the defense. And, you know, Landon at least brings, uh, I would say, a, a lot more athleticism to that position. If you could get, you know, even an Eddie Jackson or, or one of these corners uh, or a Nick Perry, if you could get them to be able to align, and maybe maybe you know it's Nick Perry, right? Because he he comes back as a fifth year guy, and maybe now, you know, he can come in and actually align people appropriately, uh, which would allow Landon to to occupy the box a little bit more, which would be good with his size, right? And and then I think that he could provide some some good coverability. Uh, against tight ends and and stuff, you know, even coverage coverage that uh, you know that Vinny couldn't. And so, if we could find a true, capable, you know, Nick Saban stamp of approval, free safety center fielder, play yep. caller center fielder, yep. yes, then I think that allows us to do a lot more with Landon, which allows uh, again. Sometimes it's just the most subtlest of tweaks that makes a defense better. You know, we talk about nose guard, right? If you have a nose that can consume a double team, nobody is watching that. We sit with 100,000 people watching these games, and you can, you know, there's 
50 that are watching that, right? And it's and it's kind of the same thing. If you can get the right safety, free safety that can call the plays appropriately and allow Landon to play in the box, our defense has just improved, you know, percentage points better. And oh, no sure. one can no one can sort of know why are we just look more effective on defense? Because we've got Landon playing in the most appropriate place where we get the best value out of his skill set. Oh yeah, because it's like you know, it's like you know how we you know when we we go to the dime formation, right? And we we the linebackers, or excuse me, the you know a safety fills in you know beside the 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 <clears throat> dime linebacker, if you would, right there, you know, right behind the you know line of scrimmage. Landon Collins would be very well suited at that, right? Yes. In that formation. Because he's got a linebacker type build, right, as well. And so because of the lack of depth at safety and because of having so many corners, right? You know, let's just go back to corner for a second and let's just say that that we're wrong and Sylvian Jones continue to progress. They just need more snaps. They continue to get games. They hold them off. They hold them off. And let's just say Tony Brown or Eddie Jackson or Marlon Humphrey, right, becomes that third cornerback that that Saban needs. Mm-hmm. And so all that has taken place. Because of our lack of depth at safety, what do you think our base will be this year? Do you think we will be more predominantly nickel or dime to mask that safety weakness or that lack of depth? No, I think we're more – I think we're, we're not dissimilar from what we've been doing. I think we're nickel – um, you know, we call it our nickel base. We have for years, uh, even though, you know, Saban says, says differently. It, now, if, if we find that we still need to do something a little bit different because these fast paced, uh, you know, passing teams and, you know, it, it, you know, fast pace doesn't have to mean passing, right? Auburn runs the ball quite a lot. Oregon actually runs the ball quite a lot. It's just the number of snaps. You know, some teams are fast-paced, but then they distribute the ball passing uh, a significantly more percentage of their snaps. So there's a lot of variability there. But if we find that we have just got to get more speed on the field, then – and you and I talked about this last year. Why don't we – you know, we call Vinny a, a, last year a defensive back, and we've got him, you know, playing at the box. In the box, we could almost sort of in, – in a lot of ways, we used him as a linebacker. And so, okay, let's take that principle. Let's take that idea. Let's say that one of these guys does develop and can become that third corner that we're going to use in a three as as almost you know uh, a free safety, if you will. And then we've got Gino at the star position. So in effect, we have four corners uh, on the field. We bring Landon down, you know, and so we've got sort of the traditional strong safety. And then let's just bring Landon down as an outside linebacker. And so now we're using, you know, we look like just we look like a base, right? We look like a three, four dependent, but the personnel is a dime. And, you know, Landon's running around out there 226, you know, 225 in that ballpark. There are outside linebackers, not that big, uh, but, you know, he could play free safety for us, right? He's that athletic. And so personnel grouping wise, we are running a dime. But no, it, yeah, but we're aligning more like a nickel or even more like a a true three four. Well, I I could see that you know let's just say Gino right 
could be that third corner in that particular formation. I could see walking Landon down like you're talking about and putting Jarrett Williams beside Nick Perry behind them. And my point is they're there backing, helping each other, right? Yep. I could see a I could see a two center field combination instead of just one guy back there. We're not comfortable with one guy back there yet uh, when we walk up Landon, so we're going to put two guys back there. And, and we're going to take two of our most senior guys – fifth-year seniors, and we're going to put those two guys in the center of the defense. Yeah, if you were just, you know, quote-unquote bringing his athleticism <clears throat> to a walk-up linebacker position, uh, you know, you could play a two-high safety. And, you know, even though you do have, you know, truly dime personnel, you're playing it like a nickel with a two-high safety because you're using your, uh, you know, your strong safety uh, or your second strong safety as a linebacker yes so you know and that gives you the opportunity to be multiple if uh you know you leave that personnel grouping out and then and then uh the defense says oh we're going to be sneaky on you and and we're going to flare out uh, a tight end and running back out of the backfield and we're going to present you a five wide and instead of saying oh no how do you cover this we say oh we've already got the personnel on the field to cover that so uh we're just going to call this and move people around and we're and we're set Yes. No, absolutely. Hey, that, let me that, throw something out to you that are that are read today. Uh, you know, and this is where we could really just kind of put our hats on and and kind of kind of nerd out on this. Uh this this could mean absolutely nothing uh or or it could, you know, be very very interesting. But uh you know, true freshman linebacker uh Rashad Evans has been running uh in scout teams as the West Virginia strong safety. That's interesting. And so if he is athletic enough to give the look of someone else's free safety. Is there a position change in the works? <laughs> it just makes you wonder how we might deploy him. Uh, does he become, uh, I'm going to have to invent a phrase. Does he become an uber jack linebacker where, you know, he it's known that he can get after the quarterback, but can he actually cover like a defensive back uh, instead of just an outside linebacker in coverage, right? Man, talk about versatility and, uh, uh, multi, you know, what you can do multiples from that. Well, you know, what other, uh, what other, what other uh, safety in the pros now, right, came to us as a linebacker and found a home at safety, right? Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, that that could be a, that that could be a situation where they've just seen his range, and uh, and what he's able to do, you know that that might help out the depth situation that you're talking about. I find it I find it interesting that he is uh, that he is being worked at that position um, in a scout mentality like that. Yeah, I I completely agree. I'm gonna save myself from going all mad scientist on that. Because I really then want to layer that into what we were just talking about when you're playing a dime with Landon in the box. And now we're going to take our other outside linebacker and he can really be a safety. And are we playing with seven safety, you know, seven defense? Yes. So yes. I'm going to stop that. And I'm going to say, um, talk to us about special teams. Man, um, it's been pretty nice so far that we've had the consent. You know, obviously these are. You know, obviously, only only a select few are, are watching uh, are watching uh, these scrimmages so far. 
but um, you know the the stats are you know we we got to go off the stats as as they are released and and so far the stats have looked very very positive for for Mr. Griffith. He seems to be uh, uh, gaining some confidence, yep. and um, you know we we talk about competition, right? Well, maybe when uh, Coach Saban finally decides to give a scholarship to a kicker, maybe it you know. Maybe it gets noticed and maybe it lights a fire under somebody. Yeah, you know, I think I think so. I think that uh, you know, coming out of uh, you know, what we've seen in camp, you know, the 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 specialists, uh the kicking game has been the biggest uh the biggest non story. And I'm trying to there's there's a better way of saying that, but you know, it was the number one concern. The success of this team is gonna hinge on, you know, the 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 kicking game. And, uh, you know, I thought that was overstated. I thought it was an important question, but it even seems that it, it's, it's almost a non-story. You know, Adam Griffith is going to be the kicker. He's performed very, very well. You know, talking about J.K. Scott at punter, I like what Saban said in his press conference the other day when, when uh, uh, someone asked the question if, if he was going to be the punter or if anyone was challenging him. And, uh, you know, say, Saban just said, yeah, he's going to be the punter. Have you seen him punt? <laughs> so, you know, almost like there's no question that this guy and, uh, you know, it's one thing to do it in practice. Uh, it's going to be another thing to do it in front of 100,000 people. But uh, we may see him shank the first one for nerves and then, you know, comes back and drills him the rest of the day. And, and uh, you know, I, I might even, you know, would take that bet uh, that that's what he does. But, uh, you know, this is the biggest non-story I think there is on the team. Uh, for as much hype and concern and panicked, uh, you know, breathless uh, uh, reporting going into camp, Adam Griffith is, is the, uh, you know, Adam's the the kicker and J.K.'s the punter, what, you know, end of story, right? Yeah, but, I mean, you know, where, like you said, where where is the, I mean, I, I think that, I think they're, you know, J.K. is, you know, Scott, Scott's pushing Griffith at place, you know, at, 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 the, at the kicker position. But, you know, where's the competition at punter, right? And so, you know, how concerned are we that we've got a true freshman coming in here and, and he's already won the punting job? I mean, you know, Griffith, right, he came in with some good, you know, he came in with some good credentials when, when, he, when he came uh, to Alabama. And, and, and Scott, you know, obviously to get a scholarship from Nick Saban, Alabama is a big thing in itself, but punter has been a huge stable force on this team for several years now. Last couple of years. And, 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 and that has really helped us out with flipping the field and, and, and making these teams, you know, go 80 yards on a drive. And so I'm nervous that, you know, uh, a high school, a guy that was at his high school prom a few months ago is is going to be punting against Florida in the fourth quarter from our goal line. And, uh, you know, what if it's a tie game? That yeah. that makes me nervous. Well, and, you know, and he's 6'5", and so he's going to have a big wind-up, and, and then, you know, the ball's going to be out there, right? Uh, and, you know, coming off his, uh, his hoof that's going to be that far out. So hopefully, for a lot of different reasons, uh, you know, we're not cooking off our own uh, our own end zone, but you know, you could look at that a couple of different ways. There's no uh, no uh, competition at punter. That either means they're all awful, um, 
which would still suggest that there's some competition or that he is just that much better than everyone else we've got. And the way that I hear Saban say it and the way that, you know, not to parse his words too closely, but it's kind of what we try to do to figure things out for him to say it that way. I just think he's that much better than everything else we've got. Oh, Hey, I'm not mad at it. I'm just saying that if I had to to look at it objectively, that would be a, that would be a concern for me that with all the depth, we've got all these positions, you know, I'm not expecting us to have four punters vying for the job, but you know, I'll be more comfortable as he's got a few games under his belt. I'll say well, it that way. You know, I, you know, Hey, I would too. Right. You know, seeing's believing, you know, Cole Mazza is the snapper and you know, he's sort of a known commodity now, but you know, last year, uh, you know, he was stepping in as a, as a true freshman and we were just hoping that he'd be able to, you know, not have his name called. Right. And, and, uh, you know, Carson Tinker had done so well for us. And so, you know, Cole came in and, you know, he, you know, how often do you give a scholarship to a freshman, you know, long snapper, you know, maybe their junior or senior year, but certainly not as a freshman and, you know, kind of the same thing as a punter. Did we go out, you know, now that we've, we've amassed all of this talent across the roster, we can afford to buy ourselves the luxury, right? Uh, and so maybe the luxury is go find me the best punter to come out of high school in the last five years. We want to give that guy a scholarship. And it just so happened that this year, here he is, you know? And, you know, and if you're that guy, right, and Alabama comes calling, yeah, you know, I'll go from Denver to Alabama because I know I have a unique skill set, and if I if I can display it on that stage, I will be paid well to do this in the future. Oh, absolutely. So I, I think it's I think it's one of those situations where, you know, if we were a nip and tuck team, we probably would not have been able to offer this guy a scholarship. But because we've been blown, this is you know this is where, you know, Saban talks about a process, right? This is sort of a fruit of that process. We've been busting down recruiting for years, and we've got talent everywhere. Do we want to go get a, you know the tenth lineman for this class? Do we want to you know you know or do we want to go get the best what we think is the best you know high school punting prospect for the last X number of years? That's the guy that can probably help us most this year, uh, you know, because we have such a need at the position. Oh, absolutely! It's the uh... I hope it is just nothing more than the rich get richer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you know, and that's that's a great way of saying it too, uh, because I do think it's it's an opportunity that we have to to go invest one of these. You know, we're not throwing darts at the dartboard trying to pick the right stock and hoping just that that one of these linebackers pans out. Because you know, gosh, we need one. We know that we have talent. We know that we've brought in the right talent, and so we can go use this pick somewhere else. And, you know, like you said, rich get richer because, you know, now he's going to come in and if he's, and if he's as good as advertised, then, you know, geez, that's going to be pretty amazing. And, you know, we've talked about this before with Brad wing at, uh, uh, at, at LSU, you know, how, you know, he, you know, he was just, I thought very, very talented and wouldn't it be cool if we had someone that, that was just really that talented at uh, at this position on our team, given everything else, well, I don't know. Maybe this is oh, yeah. big shoes to fill. I get it, right? But you know, maybe, maybe we do. 
And so we'll see. And, you know, we'll need more than one game assessment. But, uh, you know, like I said, he probably shanks his first one and goes on and, and has a pretty good day. Well, you know, in, in contrast to the to the depth that, or the, the lack of experience at the punter position, who do you think wins out as the as the punt returner? Uh, do you think we see Chris John Jones back there? Um, do we do we see him spelled by Chris Black? And you know what about that Stewart kid that you're so high on? Yeah, you're gonna get me revved up again. I I think that uh, <laughs> I went back and listened to that, and I was like, man, that that was exciting. I think our Darius Stewart has the opportunity in a punt return capacity just to be electric. You know, the whole broken field, uh, you know, kind of situation. I think uh, I don't know that he starts there at the beginning of the season. Uh, it depends on how, you know, practice has gone. You know, Christian Jones has been, you know, number one, just so sure-handed uh, throughout his career. And he has also been electric. And so you think, well, how do you take him out uh, of, of that position and it could just be a function of, well, we can't, and so it's going to be him, and then you know maybe our Darius later in games, or it could be that you know, hey, Christian Jones is going to get a role, a bigger role in the offense, and so we need to give him as talented as he is. We need to give him breaks where we can, and so one of these younger receivers that we think is also very very talented. Uh, that's not going to get as many reps in the traditional offense. We need to get him in as returner, and so that's sort of the theory that I have. If all th- if all bets were equal, if everything was equal, it'd be Christian Jones hands down. But I think that if we work him more in the offense, we're going to need to look for opportunities to give him rests. In that event, uh, I think our dairy, you know, Cyrus Jones has played some, but guess what? If he's starting at cornerback, yeah, we don't need to have him do that. You know, DeAndrew White, same thing. And so maybe, maybe is that almost a parting of, you know, we talk about, you know, I well, love Saban likes to that do that, man, to get you riled up, though. Well, he likes starters to play at those positions just to get you worked up. Well, I do and I don't, right? It just depends who it is. You know, Trent Richardson returning kickoffs never did it for me, uh, you know, and, and, you know, that's just something I don't like. And so I wonder, you know, I, we have an expression that we use, you know, there's a lot of talent between this player and the field, right? And so you could just say, again, all bets being equal, there's a lot of talent between Ardarius Stewart and starting as a returner. But is this a situation where sort of the Red Sea parts in front of him and and Christian and DeAndre are going to have elevated roles in this this offense we're going to run more deep routes, more double moves to try to get guys open. They're going to need to be spelled as much as they can. Cyrus Jones is going to be a starter at corner uh, on a defense that's going to go against a lot of fast-paced uh, offenses. And so we need to get him rests when we can. Or our Darius Stewart, next man up. You know, I don't know. Maybe I'm just creating a theory that supports my, my idea about this guy. But, um, man, I think he's going to be electric to watch. No, I, I wanted to, I wanted to go to you a little bit because, you know, of all the predictions that, you know, that we talk about, you know, I, I think this is one that, that, you know, I, I hate to give you props here, but I think you might end up being on, on this one. Is it, is it going to be in week one? No, cause, cause Stewart's a red shirt freshman, <clears throat> but, but Bama likes to run five wide receivers in their rotation, right? Well, who knows, right? 
with with the new offensive coordinator, who who knows? We might see six guys running in the formation, right? And so what's so interesting is Stewart and Black are sitting there as possible five and six guys. We know Cooper and White and Jones, right? Mm-hmm. We we know Foster's probably gonna be in there as well. Well, Black and Stewart are right there. Yep. And so if I had to pick and I had to order them, right, I would say that we, we are more likely to see Stewart as the season progresses than we are Black or Jones for the reasons you just mentioned. And then if 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 they're getting enough run that we're sitting here opening things up so much that we're running six wides. You know, suddenly we might see a guy whose name we didn't even expect to see. Yep. And and that would be a good problem to have. But but I, I'm excited because I think it's a crowded wide receiver core right now for Stewart. And I think this might be his uh his opportunity to shine. Yep. Hey, let me uh l- let me switch gears a little bit and uh I'm going to uh, you know, maybe throw you a curveball and if we add it if we have to edit this out, we can. But let me throw throw you a curveball on uh you know, we're coming up here in a week and, uh, you know, West Virginia is coming to, you know, I guess for us, you know, both teams are coming to town. But, uh, you know, Alabama, West Virginia next Saturday afternoon in the in the Georgia Dome. What are what are your thoughts? I want to ask you, you know, specifically how are they going to do on offense, how are they going to do on defense? But just what are your expectations for uh, a game like this? Man, you know, th- th- this is this is a. This is a really tough game for West Virginia. You know, this is not the SEC team that they wanted to play. Not right now where this team is. This team is coming off of a 2010 type of season, right? Yep. Or they're or they're coming off of a 2007, you know, Utah Sugar Bowl game or I guess 2008 Eight, Utah yep. Sugar Bowl game. And so this team is coming off. It's kind of ironic, right? That was 2008 and 2010. The, this team is coming back with a chip on their shoulder, and he's been on their tail all year. And so I think they're going to come out very fast, and they're going to throw this team on the ropes, and I think this game's going to be over early. Um, I, I, I think that West Virginia has a lot of firepower, but this will be, de- be the best defense they've seen all season. And we're not even running it full tilt because it's game one, right? It's kind of it's kind of like when you and I went to Texas to watch us play Michigan, right? Yep. Michigan was all ready to rock and roll, and you know, they had not seen the kind of speed off the edges that we brought. And so when Denard Robinson was running for his life and he didn't want to get hit, he had not been hit like that since he had been a quarterback at, at Michigan. Yep. And so you know, I, I see a similar situation. I, you know, um, how can I say this? Powerful shots, right? Slow down speed. And so early, West Virginia will be wanting to show that speed. But after they get thumped a couple times, that speed's going to slow down very quickly and it's going to get very uh, walking on eggshells around the edges. Yeah, and uh, th- this game's going to change in the second quarter. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think you know, if, is this, you know, if I ask myself, is this game more like last year's Vitek game or is it more like the Michigan game, uh, which is kind of, you know, the route was on early. I think it's more like the Michigan game. Absolutely. Uh, and and I do think that, you know, taking shots does slow down speed. But I think that 
I think that nationally we have a reputation as, yeah, they have some good skilled receivers and skill personnel, but they are a, you know, a a yards in a cloud of dust. Yes. I think we still sort of have that persona nationally. And I think that now you can watch film and coaches, you know, are probably smart enough to, 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 you know, to know the difference, but, you know, players sometimes buy into that. Certainly fan bases do. And I think that, you know, folks that aren't used to watching us, and so, you know, maybe I'm talking to the West Virginia fans here, uh, I think there's going to be some surprise that we are, in fact, as athletic and as fast on all facets of, uh, of the ball as, as we are. I sometimes am amazed at how athletic and fast as we are. And I've been, you know... And part of that's because I've been watching Alabama football for the last, you know, 25 years, however long it's been. And uh, and and I ju- I see us not only get more physical, but faster uh, and more athletic. And so seemingly two different things are happening at once, which is just, you know, certainly fun to watch. But, yeah, I think I think that, you know, we have some things that we want to see, you know, who's going to be the starting quarterback? How do they play? How do they react? What are some of the rotations at some of these uh, some of these positions. I think the offensive line is going to sort of feel pre- – I don't know if pressure is the right word, but they're going to feel it incumbent upon them to demonstrate better week one than the line did last year. And so I think, you know, we're going to see some improvement there. We have a, just a stable of running backs that's just, you know, s- stepping all over one another for the chance to go out and have big runs. Uh, I think that we're going to want to show – you know, I have always said Saban has has been uh, had the mentality of abundance. A lot of coaches don't want to show too much. <laughs> I think Saban wants to show you everything he's got because then you got to prepare for it. And uh, I think we're going to see a he lot of different that. What's that? He enjoys that. Yeah, yeah, right. It's like, well, y'all go have fun. Well, you know, this this is to take nothing away from from West Virginia. So I want to I want to preface this. I, I like how you said is. Which which opening game is it is it more like is it more like last year's game or the year before? This, this is to take nothing away from West Virginia. They've got a team with a lot of experience that that will you know that will come in and and I think play very hard. I just think that we've got a chip on our shoulder, and and you know we are fortunate that this team is trying to live up to teams of the past. And they know last year they didn't get it done, right? Right. And they know last year, you know, they they know some big leaders are gone, you know, and guys like AJ McCarron and CJ Mosley. And I think these other guys out there, you know, the lunch pail mentality are saying, hey, wait a minute, we're still here. And and we're gonna pick the torch up and we're gonna carry the torch. Yep. And so, you know, I mean, I, I guess what I'm saying is is that first quarter will be very telling for West Virginia. Okay. And, you know, how they respond to what I think will be a very fast start from Alabama. And if they're able to hold their own and and weather the storm, then the game gets, you know, fun to watch for a long time. And so it really just to me, you know, Michigan wasn't ready for that first punch. And uh, if West Virginia, you know, they 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 bring six starters on the offensive side alone. I mean, they got a starting, you know, they got a senior running back. They got a senior quarterback. They got two starting wide receivers that are seniors. It's not like it's their first rodeo, right? right? And so, you know, 
we, we've talked about the cornerbacks and the lack of starts that Alabama has, et cetera. So Brad Sylvia and Cyrus Jones, Cyrus Jones, strap them on, man, right? Because it's ready to rock and roll. And so um, I think that they will go after our secondary. They will figure out that going against our front is not the way to go. I think they'll start airing the ball out quickly and just see where they go with it. Yeah, and I would not, I would not at all be surprised if you know they have some success doing that. You know, if they catch someone, you know, looking in the backfield and they throw over. You know, one of the, you know, probably, probably one of the best things to happen to uh, you know D. Milliner during his career was to get burned as a true freshman against Arkansas and to get burned bad. I mean, he sure. was just you know, torched, but, you know, he learned a lot from, you know, from that experience, nothing he hadn't been told a hundred times, but sometimes, you know, when you're young, you have to experience it to learn it. And so, you know, hopefully, hopefully if we get burned, you know, by the Mountaineers, it's between the twenties, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, if we do kind of get turned around a little bit and I wouldn't, I, I, because I think that we're going to outscore these guys, even even if they do uh, have some success on offense. I I just think we will just outscore them, even if it becomes a a shooting match, which I don't think it will. But uh, even if they have moderate success on offense, in the scheme of things, that won't even bother me because I think it's an opportunity to really coach and school uh, our our defensive backs. Now I hope you know it's not to the tune of fourteen or twenty one points, but you know if they have uh, some success between the twenties and then we, you know, clamp them down, uh, in the red zone, then, Hey, that's a great opportunity for everyone to get, uh, some good, uh, important snaps. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I really think that, um, you know, if this team's going to go far, this is a great first test for them. Uh, this kind of, this kind of offense. <clears throat> yeah. Because we're going to play more. I want to say I want to be careful saying this type of offense, but the hurry up, no huddle, right? We're going to play more of them this year than not, uh, you know, which is interesting. And and I and I do think that we're probably a little bit better against that defense than what people think. You know, we shut out Ole Miss, and 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 you know they were pretty good, and we kind of handed it to a, a couple of other teams. You know, we should have won the Auburn game, and you and I could you know kind of broke that down. There were about ten different things that happened you know, in the third and fourth quarter, you know, similar to Oklahoma. I know we lost those games, and so I don't want to sound like sour grapes. I just think that we perform better against these types of teams than people think. And uh, I think this is an opportunity we'll have to demonstrate that. Oh, absolutely, man. I'm I'm looking forward to it, man. We are we are not many days away from uh, from strapping it on. <clears throat> absolutely. I'm excited. This is uh, this is just like just, you know, sort of bated breath uh, anticipation. We're days away from the opening kickoff. You and I have done our, you know, tons of study and research and reading, and just we are just, you know, just overflowing with just excitement and readiness for this game. That's kind of how I feel anyway. So it'll be a few more days, and, and uh, you know, we'll raise a glass uh, before kickoff, and then uh, we'll have our spectacles tuned into the action on the field and ready to come back and uh, start our – in-season shows where we break down every performance. So uh, we're absolutely looking forward to that. And those who follow us and uh, sort of know and enjoy what we do, uh, we know that you're looking forward to that too. Sort of last, my last uh, sort of hard sell opportunity on the 2014 viewing guide. Check it out at BamaHammer.com. 
It's real cheap. It's just a couple of bucks. A uh, hundred page of this types of uh, this type of passion depth charts. Uh, wh- how we think uh, things are going to shake out. Uh, check it out if you like our show. It's uh, just a tip of the hat, tip of the hat to us uh, for what we do. If you enjoy the show, check us out on iTunes. Subscribe there. So every show that we have, we'll just release right into your uh, inbox. And uh, give us a review if you enjoy uh, what we're doing or have feedback for us. Uh, hit us up uh, through email or leave us a review on iTunes. We absolutely engage with everyone who reaches out to us, so we will uh, look forward to that opportunity. Tom, any any sort of uh, parting words you have before uh, before we count down these last few days for the season? No, man. I am just ready for it to get started. Fantastic. Me too. Well, this has been another edition of the Alabama Football Podcast, powered by Bama Hammer. Roll Tide. Thanks for listening to the Alabama Football Podcast. We love that you're tuned in and hope that you enjoyed the show. We encourage you to reach out and let us know what you like, where we can improve, or just to shout out a roll tide. We are where you are. iTunes, Facebook, Twitter, email newsletters, T-shirts, free roster downloads, and of course, on the web at alabamafootballpodcast.com. Check us out where you'll find easy links to your favorite way to follow the tide. Got that, Coach? Of course. Roll Tide. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.